Verse 27. Hallelujah. This verse, when you find it, it reads this way. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. Diligence is man's precious possession. Father, thank you for the word tonight. Thank you for your people. I thank you for the atmosphere. I thank you for the anointing. Have your way in this place tonight. We receive your word with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. This is part three of Do You Have Diligence? We're calling, subtitling this one, The Blessed Life. The Blessed Life. Hallelujah. Do You Have Diligence? I've been trying to get across to you over the last two messages that the difference between success and failure can often be summed up uh, in or by one word, and that's diligence or the lack thereof. If you're successful, success comes through diligence. If you're not, if you're unsuccessful, there's a lack of diligence because you and I were programmed for success. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Did y'all catch what I just said to you? You're programmed for success. You're a child of the living God. God has never known failure a day in his life, and he's been around forever. <laughs> he's been around forever, and he's never known failure. He's programmed us for success. When we read each month Proverbs chapter 2, verse 7 uh, says something like this. It says, he stores up, up sound wisdom for the upright. When you look at that word wisdom, when it says sound wisdom, the word wisdom, if you look at it in the Hebrew, it literally translates or means victory and success. Victory and success. So he stores up sound wisdom, which is going to give you victory and success. He stores it up. So success is waiting for you. Victory is stored up for you. You're not designed to fail. You don't have failure in your new DNA. Glory to God. So failure comes as a result of a lack of diligence. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? It applies, this applies to ministry. It applies to uh, marriage. It applies to parenting. We got to be diligent as parents. I don't know how many of y'all have caught Pastor Kim in, in my teachings that we've been doing on Faith Increase about parenting. It's so very, very vital that we as parents be diligent about raising our children. Hello? Is there an echo? Hello? Hello? I was hoping to at least get an echo, amen. Because you can't be casual, nonchalant, and passive when it comes to parenting. A child left to himself will bring his mama some shame. That's what the Bible says. And so we don't want to be shamed, amen. And so we've got to be diligent in marriage, in parenting, in academics, and so forth, okay, in life in general. We've got to be diligent. I, I was, as I was preparing, I thought about something. Uh, you know, Luke is gone next door now, and, and you know, he's, he's talented on the keyboard, and God's blessing him. He's, I, can, I can tell the difference between now and when he first started playing for us. Just, he's constantly improving. 
and made me think about how when I was a child, uh, my dad, my parents, you know, was, made all of us take uh, piano lessons. Uh, my dad and mom, you know, five of us, and we all took piano lessons. Uh, my oldest brother uh, took lessons, and he became, you know, the church musician. And uh, I remember when I started taking piano lessons, we used to go to this lady. Uh, she's deceased now, so I can, I can say her name. Miss Blassingame. See, y'all knew. Some of y'all, how many of y'all grew up in St. Peter? Miss Blassingame? Right on 22nd Avenue South, down from Swinton's Market, uh, grocery store. Uh, she had, <laughs> she used to do piano lessons for all the kids. Everybody wanted piano lessons. I went and took piano lessons, and what I hated so much was she was a smoker, and so her house always smelled like cigarette smoke, for one. Second, she had a cat. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I just did not enjoy cats, and hers had a scent to it that was just, oh, awful. But we were forced to go there and take these piano lessons, and uh, I quit as soon as I could figure out how. As soon as I could figure out how to quit, I quit. And to this day, my wife will tell you, I regret that so much because I want to play piano so bad. I do. I do. <laughs> I'm going to start. My wife, for Christmas, she bought me, or she, she set up, rather, this trial for me to try out this piano lesson program, and uh, I got to do the free trial first. She, she was smart with her money. You do the free trial first. And I've not been diligent on that yet, so um, I'm not sure I really want to play, play all the time. I just want to be able to, to look at Luke and say, <laughs> you know, they know all this stuff right here. <laughs> you know, you sing a song like, you know, trust in the Lord, you know, and all that. You just want to be like, boom, boom. They, they, these musicians know these numbers. I, yeah, piano language, you know, I want to learn that language. So, but I... I, I, I didn't do it. And so if I had, if I had practiced and stayed with it, I'd be, a, I'd, I'd be where I wanted to be now. And I'm sure you're, while you're looking at me, there's something you think about in your life that you stopped way back and say, if only I had just stuck with that. Right? Thank you, Lord. Diligence, let me define that word diligence from the, from the dictionary here real quick. Just want to remind you, because we're talking, asking the question, do you have diligence? Diligence is defined by Web, uh, Merriam-Webster as steady, earnest, and energetic effort. We good so far? Yes. Devoted and painstaking work. Devoted and painstaking work. That word painstaking literally means meticulous, thorough. It doesn't mean it's painful, it's painstaking. It's, you got to be meticulous about things, thorough, details. Diligent people look to the details to get things done. Hello. It's that work and it's application to accomplish an undertaking. Remember this, this uh, SAT word we looked at? Assiduity. Assiduity which means persistent personal attention, okay? Now, this is what diligence is all about. And now, we're teaching this because I want to show you this diligence is critical to us in the kingdom of God because we are the final generation, I believe, of those that God has on this earth to get his business done. 
And he needs some diligent people, some faithful people to get the job done. Now, one word we've seen there is the, is the word devoted. It made me think about Acts 2. If you look at Acts 2, 42 and 43, I think it's over in the Amplified Bible I want to look at. Acts 2, verse 42 and 43. Uh, put it on the screen for me, please. Acts 2, and verse 42 and 43 from the Amplified. No, I'm sorry, 41 and 42. Thank you. 41 and 42. That's what I want. Therefore, those who accepted and welcomed his message were baptized and there were added that day what? 3,000 3, souls. Now look at the next verse, verse 42. And they steadfastly, remember that we saw that word steady? Yes. Persevered. This is, I'm showing you what diligence looks like. Devoting themselves. This is diligence. Constantly. This is diligence. To the instruction and fellowship of the apostles. So they were devoted to coming to church. They were diligent about being part of the fellowship. Yes. Glory to God. Now, this, this not, doesn't describe today's modern church. Modern church, if I come a couple times a month, that's good. If I come, if I come, you know, on a Wednesday, boy, I really <laughs> almost hell freezing over. I'm just telling you how a lot of Christians are. And then they wonder why they don't grow the way they're supposed to go. And then they don't go to home groups. That's just too much going to a flight team, meeting in a small group setting. That's, you know, you want me to be accountable? No, I'm, I can't do that. See? But see, this is what they did. You, re, you keep reading throughout the, the, the rest of that chapter. They, they devoted themselves to coming to church and meeting in small groups. That's what they did. They devoted themselves. They were diligent about coming to church and meeting in the house groups. It said, they devote themselves constantly to instruction and fellowship with the apostles to the breaking of bread, including the Lord's Supper and prayers. That was not happening at the church. That was happening in the small groups. Now, because they were diligent about that, something happened. Remember the word persecution? Look at Acts chapter 8. Look at verses 1 and 4. We can go back to New King James Version for now. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 and 4. This is the diligent group. Notice what happened with them. In Acts chapter 8, and then uh, we'll look at verse 1 and verse 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, maybe I should get in my, in my Bible here. Let's see. Acts chapter 8. All right. Acts 8. Now Saul was consenting to his, this is Stephen's death. Chapter 7 is about Stephen being martyred. Okay. At that time, what happened? A great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem. And notice what it says. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. So everybody was scattered except the apostles. So the apostles stayed there. So what we begin to read in the rest of chapter 8 are the people who were diligent about going to church and going to flight team. So we get to verse 4. Verse 4, Acts chapter 8, verse 4, and it says, Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere, come on, preaching the word. Now how were they prepared to preach the word? Because they had been diligent about in the small groups and meeting and going to church. See, there's a correlation there that we cannot lose in this COVID modern era or this even just bump COVID, just the modern church era. 
we've been a modern church. Well, I don't need to go. I don't need no preacher, no teacher. Well, how do you get prepared? He said he gave us in Ephesians 4.11, he gave us some apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So you don't get equipped unless you're sitting there under some apostles and some teachers and some pastors who are helping to train you and prepare you and get you ready to go out there everywhere you go and preach the word. So you wonder why there's such a, a, a low uh, evangelism, a low, a low uh, conversion rate because people aren't prepared to go out there and do anything. Amen? But I believe for this house, God is fixing that. He's, he's changing that. He's raising up people who are de desiring to be diligent about learning the word of God, preparing self. Best, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. So when I go out there, I've got something in me that I can pour out. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I'm seeing all kind of stuff here. I better just stay, stay on task. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm seeing good stuff. I'm seeing pictures about how to explain what I'm saying to you. Hallelujah. So their diligence prepared them to preach. Remember, they, this is even under persecution. They're ready. You got it? So I need diligence. Everybody say, I need diligence. I need diligence. Ask your neighbor, do you have diligence? You have diligence. Now, Proverbs, let's go back to Proverbs 12 and verse 27. I don't know. What's your answer? I don't, you know. I told you, my wife and I and the family, we went last Wednesday and we all did, a, did an evaluation. Kind of graded each other and graded ourselves. Well, how am I doing this, on this diligence part here? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, says, let every man examine himself. What's that? 2 Corinthians 13, 5, I think it is. Everybody ought to examine themselves. Test themselves. See whether they're in the faith. Well, we ought to examine ourselves, test our, ourselves, and see do we have diligence. Amen. If, I, if it's a precious possession. Okay? Now, Proverbs 27, I'm sorry, Proverbs 12, rather, Verse 27 has been our key scripture. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. So notice we see here a contrasting of lazy versus laziness versus diligence. And we, we've seen that in several other scriptures, right? So you, you, if laziness and diligence don't mix, you're going to be either one or the other or... or <laughs> How we were doing, if laziness on a scale of 1 to 10, 0 to 10, laziness is 0, and diligence is 10, you got to really hope that you're on the 5 and above side, right? We don't want to tend to be lazy because lazy people get rebuked by God. How do you know? Well, in the parable Jesus gave the man, one man had five talents, one man had two talents, one man had one talent. Remember that? And that one guy who took that one talent and had it, made all kind of excuses, Jesus came, he told, said, the, the, the man came back and said, you wicked and lazy servant. See, so we get rebuked. God doesn't, he doesn't need lazy people. Amen. God doesn't need lazy messengers. We're like broken tooth and foot out of joint. Isn't that what your Bible says in Proverbs? A lazy messenger is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Anybody ever had a broken tooth? Okay. Now, 
Notice what it says here. Diligence is man's precious possession. Proverbs 12, 27. So those of us, I'm going to say of us, because I'm believing we have it. Right? And we're, we're releasing our faith for this, right? We're not going to let the devil just keep beating us down. We're going to speak it until it manifests in our own lives. Right? I am diligent. Say it, I am diligent. Say it again, I am diligent. Say, I have diligence. Good. See, you got to keep speaking that until it manifests. Okay? So those who have diligence, they possess diligence, they have what it takes to succeed in every area of life. You have what it takes. Okay? When you have diligence. The Bible says it's man's precious possession. So when you have diligence, you have what it takes to succeed. Okay? Diligent people, listen to this, they don't wait on wisdom and opportunity. Diligent people, I'll say it again. They, because she said, say it again. Diligent people don't wait on wisdom and opportunity. They go hunting for it. Remember what we just saw now? The lazy man doesn't roast what he took in hunting. What he took in hunting. But a diligent man, right? I'll, I'll show you another place. Give me, in fact, give me Proverbs 12, 27 in the King James Version. Let me read in the King James Version. You'll see something here. Proverbs 12, 27 in the King James Version. It says, the slothful man, that's another word for lazy. That's a big word for lazy. There's a big word for lazy. Just take you longer, longer to say it. More letters to spell it. It just means lazy. Roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. What you get out of it is precious. What diligent people get is precious. Why? Because they, they worked for it. They hunted for it. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, free. It wasn't cheap. Uh, let me help you. So many people never step into the, 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 uh, the deeper things of God because they keep taking the cheaper way out. Pastor, you do all of a sudden just tell me something. Rather than you and me spending time with God ourselves. Now the pastor is supposed to teach us, but I need to spend time with God myself. The Bible talks about the love of God. The sweet communion of the Holy Ghost. See, there's, there's a sweet communion in the Holy Ghost that you and I are supposed to enjoy. Where we glean from him, we, we learn from him. That's taking the deeper and not the cheaper. So many churches now have it where the, the pastors, they, they hand out a worksheet for everybody in the service. We got fill in the blank church now. Am I serious? Am I right about this? We got, we got, there's a lot of fill-in-the-blank churches, so I got a whole line out fill-in-the-blank. And that's, I understand, a little teaching stuff. But, but many times what that does is it, it, it cripples people so they become totally dependent on him and not letting the Holy Ghost tell them, this is what I want you to get. This is what I need you to understand. Because when the Holy Ghost works through someone, the pastor, the man or woman of God can say one thing and the Holy Ghost will speak to everybody separately on here's what I need you to get. 
I know it's right. I know it's right. Somebody say, man, the Holy Ghost, Pastor, you told me to sell that stock. I didn't say nothing about no stock. What are you talking about? That was the Holy Ghost telling you something. Pastor, you was preaching the Holy, and, and, and you said I need to go home and forgive so-and-so. I, didn't, I, just, I, didn't, I never said that. That was the Holy Ghost was bringing to you. You see? So we got to make sure we don't, we don't substitute the cheaper for the deeper. Right? So where did I tell you all to go before we... We went back to Proverbs 12, 27. I forgot. No. No, I was, I was telling you to go somewhere. Y'all let me get off base here. Oh, I was saying diligent people don't wait on wisdom and opportunity. They go hunting for it. They go hunting for it. That's what we learn that word, hunting. Okay? All right, let me show you something here. Go over to Proverbs 8, verse 17. Let's start at verse 16. Proverbs 8, verse 16. Let's start there. By me, now this me, if you read Proverbs 8, who is, who's talking here? Wisdom. wisdom. Y'all read Proverbs 8 every month, right? This is wisdom talking. So by me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. Now look at verse 17. I, wisdom, Love those who love me and those who wait for me to come. Oh, see, those who go hunting. Those who seek me diligently will find me. See, and there are many times, oh, the Bible said that any man like wisdom, let him ask God who gives men liberally and upbraids not. Okay, I'm just going to sit here and wait on wisdom. Well, you can do that, but you can also, while you're waiting, let me go through the word of God. Let me, let me read let me saturate myself in the word of God. Let me spend time in prayer. Let me turn off Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and, and CBS and CNN and NBC and so on. Let me get off that and forget about the football game and the baseball game and let me get into the word because I'm hunting. I'm hunting. I'm going to spend time. I'm going fast. When people come to me sometimes, I'm going to tell you something. This I learned this from Brother Copeland. He, he talked about how he and Gloria, when they get into a, into a tight, they need a time from God, they call a three-day fast. You ain't got to wait on a church fast. Three days we're going to fast, and all we're going to do when we pray, we're going to pray about this situation. And we're going to pray until God answers us. And normally in that first day, second day, God's already given them an answer. See, if you go hunting for wisdom, that's what she said. She says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently. Those who go hunting for me will find me. See? So I'm not just waiting on wisdom. I'm hunting for it. You need an answer from God? Man, when you lay down at night, Lord, speak to me in my dream. Make your dream time available for God. Turn off the foolishness on TV. Don't sit there and go to, go to sleep to foolishness. Turn, turn, the, turn some word on. Or turn, turn some scripture reading on. You know they got videos. We listen to videos all night. They're just reading scripture. All night long. Wake up in the middle of the night, you quoting scripture. Oh, you just talk about that. I mean, that's because you just, we turn the scriptures on all night long. See, you got to meditate. The Bible says I meditate on, upon them on my bed. See why? We're hunting for wisdom. We want to hear God's voice. We need his direction. So I'm not just going to sit there and wait on wisdom. Well, I'm going to wait. Hopefully, I get to church Sunday. Pastor, say something. Pastor, give my answer Sunday. No, I can't wait on Sunday. I'm going hunting. 
Glory to God. Somebody say, I'm going hunting. See, that's what a diligent man does. I'm going hunting, Lord. Lord, I'm hearing you. Lord, is that my answer? Now, you know you hunting. You know how you know you're hunting? When all of a sudden you start looking like, oh, is that the answer right there? You, you, you drive down the street and you look up and there, there's a billboard that says, turn. You're like, oh, Lord, is that, is that, is that, is that? Oh, okay. No, that, no, that wasn't it. Okay, I'm just, I'm just hunting, though. I'm hunting. Right? Anybody ever been fishing? And you get a nibble, and you think that's the one, and you go yanking. It's a, it's a rock. But I, I rather, I rather get that rock and feel that tug, than to sit there all day and I ain't got nothing. See, when you're, when you're hunting, I don't mean to preach on this, but when you go hunting, man, you, you look for anything. Now you're not going to be so open that the devil is able to come in and speak all kind of foolishness to you because whatever you're looking for is got to be based on the written word of God. Which means I'm not going looking for prophets. Hey, prophesy something in my life. Some of y'all get in trouble for that. Look at those little sideways parking lot prophets y'all go right find in the church. Everybody get a little parking lot back of the church prophet. Somebody go get in your ear with something. You better get people out your ear. People spitting all in your ear, getting an ear infection, all that kind of stuff. No, I don't spit it over nobody. I don't spit it over nobody. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You don't, no, 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 no. You don't go finding nothing now like that. No, seek wisdom from him. If any man like wisdom, let him ask God who gives liberally and upbraids not. See? Okay, so I don't, I don't wait on wisdom. Now, I, when I say I don't wait on wisdom, I'm not saying I make moves without wisdom. That's not what I'm saying. So please don't anybody misinterpret what I'm saying to you and just start jumping and doing stuff. No, what I'm saying is I'm not sitting here waiting until next Sunday till something happens. No, I'm going to go hunting every day. I'm going to stay in the word. If I got to fast, I'm going to fast. I'm going to turn my plate down. I said, if I got a fast, like I'm going to fast, I'm going to turn my plate down. I'm checking for eyeballs around here. I'm just looking at eyeballs. Don't look down. Come on, look up. Look up. I'm talking. I'm going to fast. Glory to God. You know, you know one of the benefits of fasting when you're looking for wisdom is you, you shut your flesh down. When you shut the flesh down, now your spirit becomes more audible. Oh, I can hear what God's saying in my spirit now. Okay. Because if you don't fast, you keep hearing. Y'all ever had that? Your food trying to digest. That's why, that's why if you're going to come and have a prayer meeting, you don't eat big before prayer meeting. Sleep for one thing, but then you're trying to digest food. It's like, right? Now, let me keep going here. Let me keep going. Thank you, Lord. Put up Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Because I want you to see something here about opportunity. That God gives everyone opportunity. I returned and saw, this is what Solomon writes. Solomon who writes the vast majority of Ecclesiastes. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift. Nor the battles of the strong. 
but to the one that holds out and endures to the end. Isn't that what we used to misquote all the time? People used to sing the song. People preach and say, it's to the one that endures to the end. But that's not what the Bible says, is it? Now, in principle, we could say that. He that endures shall be saved. The Bible says that. But let's look at this scripture, what it says. Nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding. So just because you have understanding, education on something doesn't mean riches come. Nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. So time and opportunity. So God will give everyone opportunity. Remember I gave you the scripture, uh, we looked at it, uh, uh, we talked about it, Proverbs 22, verse 2, you don't have to turn to it. Proverbs 22, verse 2, where it says, the rich and poor have this in common, the Lord is the maker of them all. Okay, so the commonality is that God made each person. Not that he made one poor, made one rich, is that he made each person. But what God does for everybody on this planet, I don't care what continent you're on, is he gives everybody opportunity. Y'all missed what I said. It doesn't matter if you're in the deepest, darkest, third world country, in the Caribbean, in Africa, in South America, in the Amazon. God is just. And he gives everyone the opportunity to know him and to prosper. See? See, if he didn't give everybody the opportunity to know him, he couldn't send Jesus Christ back as a just judge. So everybody on this planet will have the opportunity to know Jesus. Everybody. There's not one person who won't have the opportunity to know him. That's, that's, what, that's what the holdup is. One of the holdups is for his coming, his return. Is that you and I got to work to get this gospel, Matthew 24, 14, to get this gospel preaching all nations as a witness to all people. Right? That's our job. To get this gospel preached to all nations as a witness to all people. So everybody has opportunity to know him, but also to prosper and to increase. Right? To develop, to produce something. So he gives everyone opportunity. What you do with opportunity is up to you. Glory to God. Some of y'all have a hard time believing that, but you, you, you get it. You'll get it. you get it. Amen. Now, notice what we just read, Ecclesiastes 9-11. My point here is God gives everyone opportunity, but he does not pass out diligence. He does not dole out diligence or steadfastness or faithfulness. That's why the Bible says things like for us, you be thou faithful unto death. Be faithful. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. You have to be that. See, he can't make us that. Glory to God. And the Bible says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your master's joy. He makes us good, but he can't make us faithful. Did you hear what I said? 
He made you good. Tell your neighbor, he made you good. You are good. See, we got we to gotta make sure we don't listen to this teaching out there. People say, there's none good but, but the Father. There's none, no, no one good but the Father. That's not true. That was true before the cross. But now you and I have been made good. Not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We are good. I'm good. I'm as good as I'll ever be. I can't get gooder than I am now. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? I can't be any gooder. I've been made good by the Father. But I have not been made faithful. I have to be faithful. I have to be steadfast. I have to be devoted. I have to be diligent. He won't judge me on whether I was good or not. That's already been judged. What I'll be judged on is whether I was diligent. What I did with it. Are you following what I'm saying to Are y'all really following what I'm saying to you tonight? So, everyone has opportunity. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 6. Proverbs 20, verse 6. Everybody has, everybody's good. Look at this, Proverbs 20, verse 6. Says most men will proclaim each his own goodness. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But who can find a faithful man? This is another word for diligence. Who can find that man? Now, I'm not y'all. Some of y'all singles don't be talking about this. That's that's told you. That's what the Bible said. Can't find no faithful. That ain't what he's talking about. He's not talking about somebody being faithful, no marriage and no relationship. That's the case, who can find a virtuous woman? That's <laughs> not what he's talking about here. He's talking about faithful in carrying out the things of God. Someone who's diligent and steadfast. Who can find them? That means that this person is rare. That's why diligence is man's precious possession. Because it's, it's rare to find somebody who's really diligent. You'll, you'll more likely find people who make an excuse. Well, I can do this because I can do this. I can finish this because see? But a man who will be faithful and stick it out and be diligent and finish things, finish what they started, that kind of person is hard to find. And when you find that kind of person in your life, keep them. They're precious because of what's in them. Give me that same verse, please, in the Young's Literal Translation. Young's Literal Translation. Most of y'all don't have this one on your lap. It says, a multitude of men proclaim each his kindness, and a man of steadfastness who doth find. So I want you to see faithfulness here is not talking about, you know, them not cheating on anybody. We're talking about steadfastness, diligence. Can I tell you something? It just came. Just came. Because a person who will cheat. Well, y'all saying, ooh, but let me finish. A person who, who will cheat, if they're diligent, they're going to do whatever it takes to fix it. Do you know why David was called a man after God's own heart? 
Not because he didn't do wrong. Not because he didn't cheat. But because when he found out he was in the wrong, he did whatever it took to fix it. He's, and God called him in Acts 7 a man after God's own heart. See? Do with it what you will. See? Steadfastness. Steadfastness. I'm going to do whatever it takes to fix my marriage. I'm going to do whatever it takes to fix my family. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I had a gentleman call me today. He was asking me. He said, Pastor, I need just some advice. He said, like, you know, my, I got, had a situation with one of my, one of my kids, and, and, you know, now that same child is trying to call and rectify things, and I've just been hurt. I said, man, if I were in your shoes, I would do whatever it took to make things right with me and my child. Regardless of how they hurt your feelings, regardless of how they wronged you, regardless of anything, I said, if I were in your shoes, I would do whatever it took to make things right with my child. Because I'd rather be, I'd rather be, be right and suppress it. So I can be reconciled. Most people are just concerned about being right. Well, I'm right. Who cares if you're right if you ain't reconciled? I don't know what I mean because you're right. Right and we still estranged. Right we have no peace. Right we have no harmony. Right and dying. See? I'd rather be reconciled. See? So steadfastness is I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to stick with this thing. I'm going to keep working at it. 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 I'm just going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on going. I'm 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 going to I'm going to rebuild your trust. It can happen. It can happen. I'm just going to keep on going. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give, give me Proverbs 28, verse 20 in the New King James. Because I want to show you again, we just saw a faithful man who can find. I want to show you the result of being a faithful man. Look at what it says. This faithful, steadfast, diligent man, right? A faithful man will abound with blessings. This is the blessed life here. But he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. That's shortcuts. Diligent people don't look for shortcuts. I'm just going to stick with it. God is not a get rich quick God or a get prosperous quick God or a get blessed overnight and everything in your life turn around or is wonderful. I mean, in, in, in principle, yes. In principle, yes. <laughs> I mean, you're, you, we've already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Yes. Yes, it's, it's there. But, you know, God ain't going to take some junior scrub just got born again and unload everything on their lives and they can't handle it. He even tell them that about pastors. You don't let no novice be a pastor. Y'all ever read that in 1 Timothy? You don't let no novice be a pastor. He said, the man going there with your nose wide open, you're going to mess everything up. Okay? 
So, so we have to, have to allow God, we have to stick with it. <laughs> man, 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 man. Glory to God. So it says, again, a faithful man will abound with blessings. A faithful man will abound with blessings. A faithful man will abound with blessings. Give me on that same verse the Young's literal translation. Young's literal translation. See what it says here. It says, a steadfast man. There it is again. Hath multiplied blessings. Multiplied blessings. A steadfast man. If you, a person that's going to stick with it. Don't keep going in and out of God. In and out of the kingdom. In and out of righteousness. In and, in and out of holiness. No, don't keep going in and out. Stick with God. Glory to God. You know the reason why many people don't stick with God? Because it's, it's taking too long. It's taking too long. It's just, uh, this faith takes too long. Well, I admit, faith takes longer. But when it arrives, see, think, think, about, think about when it comes to healing. You can go and, and, and take some medicine and, you know, squash the symptoms, because that's all he's doing, he's squashing symptoms right away. You'll feel better in 10 days. But the side effects and the repercussions of it, how long are you going to deal with that? Whereas you can get into God's word and believe God in his word and seek out his wisdom and search and, and, and let him minister to you and you can get a healing from God and there'll be no side effects, no repercussions, no, no nothing and it'll last forever. You see? Now I'm not picking on people to go to the doctor. I'm just saying there's a way to do things that we're not taking the, the short route, the shortcut. You see? Steadfast man hath multiplied blessings. Okay? Now, so living a blessed life doesn't come by magic. We talk about the blessed life. People in church, I want to live the blessed life. They make that hashtags on social media, the blessed life. I'm living in the blessed life. Wonderful. Really? Really? The blessed life. Yeah. Oh, this is the blessed life. Well, what have you manifested by faith? See, you, you, if you keep taking a short route and a shortcut and everything, that's not the blessed life. That's the, that's the fake life. You, you created your own life and calling it blessed, and it's not really blessed. Because the blessing makes rich and it adds no sorrow with it. If you have one ounce of one moment of sorrow, that ain't the blessing. <laughs> if you got to have any kind of second thought, it ain't the blessing. The blessing has no sorrow with it. Okay, so it doesn't come by magic. It comes by diligence. Can I prove it? Deuteronomy 28. Y'all know this one. This is the blessed life here. This is the blessed life. Y'all want to live that, right? Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Let me show you what the blessed life looks, looks like, how you get there. It says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey, diligently obey, diligently obey. This is why you got to know whether you have diligence or not. Steadfastly obey. Faithfully obey. Even when it's not popular to obey God. How many of y'all know it's now not popular to obey God? How many of y'all even understand that much of the church, we're talking about this this morning, much of the church is taking, taking the word of God as, as, uh, as suggestions, God's recommendations. 
These aren't recommendations. These are commandments. Glory to God. It's not a recommendation in the word of God. It's commandments. God knows what will happen if you don't follow his commandments. But God's trying to control my life. No, he's trying to contain your life in the blessing. Preserve your life. Keep you from falling. Keep you from hurting yourself with your smart self. Trying to keep you from busting your head open. I just want to have fun. It is fun in the kingdom. It's safe fun. It's safe fun. You don't have to wake up worrying about who's that laying next to you. Who are you? Right? Chapter, chapter 28, verse 1. Let me keep going because y'all about to get crunk over there. Deuteronomy 28. Y'all about to go. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully, diligently, carefully, diligently, carefully. Carefully is talking about down to the details. Details. All his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey. Now how, we are, how are we obeying? How are we obeying? Diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Here's what the blessed life looks like. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle. Can I keep going? The offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. This is the blessed life. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. Let them come. Come on, Cletus. Come on, Cletus. You're going to come against me one way. You're going to flee before me seven ways. <laughs> Verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you put, set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Just as he's sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God. Now, how are we going to keep the commandments again? Carefully. See? Carefully. But you can, you can interchange diligently and carefully. I'm listening to God. Now, he's not talking about for us today going through all 600 laws and keeping the thing about how you put together wool and linen and not. No, you're not talking about that. But anytime God speaks a word, anything that he's given to, for us, we got to obey what he says. Father knows best. Amen. Verse 10, then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body and in the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Verse 12, the Lord will open to you his what? The heavens to give the rain to your land and its season to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow as many translations say because you will not have to. You will never have to borrow again a day in your life. And the Lord will make you the head, not the tail above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments carefully, the Lord your God, which I command today and are careful to observe them diligently. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to, to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Why would he bring it up at the end? 
Because the devil will always bring a temptation. When he sees you prospering, when he sees you increasing, when he sees you walking in the blessing, turn over here, look at that. Move over here, start doing that. The devil, that, that, that's the reason why, why God always tell the children of Israel, when you go into a land, uh, y'all, again, this, kill everybody. Most times they went to a land. Sometimes he would say, you know, save the women and children, kill all the men. And he'd say kill the men because I don't want them to produce any more of that unrighteous seed. As we t- y'all, you look at the scriptures, kill off all the unrighteous seed. I don't want them reproducing that unrighteousness. Then there are times he'd come in there and tell them, kill off everybody. Because I don't want your, your sons marrying their daughters, and I don't want your daughters marrying their sons. Why? Because if you do, they suck you over into idolatry and that land that you are not supposed to be enjoying will begin to swallow you up and it will vomit you out. You see? Are y'all following what I'm saying to you? Glory to God. So don't turn to the right or to the left. Diligently stay with God. Tell your neighbor, stay with God. Hallelujah. So we see diligence is the key to to live in the blessed life. Faithfulness and devotion is the key to living the blessed life. Can I show you a few scriptures tonight in my last little bit of time here? Proverbs 4.23. I'll show you again why diligence is so important here. I hope I'm not beating a dead horse on y'all. Y'all, y'all are getting this, right? Some of y'all are bored already. You're sleeping. I got bored. Hey, be diligent about listening. Hearken diligent to the voice of the Lord your God. Right? Look at what it says, Proverbs 4.23. It says, keep your heart, how? With all diligence. So I need diligence to protect my heart. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So how I want my life to go is going to be based, or how my life will go rather, is going to be based on how I guard my heart. With all diligence, with all watch. Glory to God. We're blessed with great security ministry here in this church, man. I mean, really. I mean, they, and they are diligent. They, these guys are diligent, especially our leader. Uh, I don't call the name. But they're, they're blessed with, with, I mean, we're blessed with a diligent team. And they keep watch. We have cameras everywhere. And they're watching. They, they got a room. They're sitting there watching everything they're all over this whole campus. So your children, your children down the street, they're not by themselves. There's somebody watching. Everything going. And when they're not here on the campus, they got little on their phones. Check in. What's going on? And we have, we have state-of-the-art security system. And we lock all the doors when we leave. Or it's supposed to be locked. What are we doing? That's us being diligent about protecting and securing the people and the premises. Right? But the Bible says you have to be that diligent and more about guarding your heart. Because out of your heart flow or come out the issues of your life. So your life is going to go in the direction of what's in your heart. 
the Bible says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. Matthew 12, right? So we got to make sure that we don't let these evil things in our hearts. That's why you hear me say this over and over and over and over again, and people like, sound like a broken record, Pastor, and I don't want to hear that. It's my life. It's a free country. But when I say you got to make sure, you, you might want to turn the television off, and you might want to stop with your Netflix, and you might want to stop with your Hulu, and you might want to stop with your Amazon Prime, and you might want to stop. I don't mean shipping. I'm talking about the movies. The shipping is good. Praise God for the shipping. Thank you, Lord, for the shipping. Next day shipping. But the movies and, and, and the music and people like, it's just music. It is not. There's no such thing as something that's just music. Music is one of the devil. Remember, Satan was a musician. Satan was the most skilled musician in the universe to this day. Pipes built in to his being. That's how God built him. Read Isaiah and read Ezekiel's uh, uh, description of, of Satan, of Lucifer, he was called. So music, <laughs> y'all, y'all tensing up on me. <laughs> music is Satan's vehicle to get things into us if we allow it unknowingly because we normally think about just a catchy uh, melody or a catchy the music itself the sound of the instruments but at the same time we're singing the words and most times aren't even cognizant of what we're saying when we're singing the words and we are programming ourselves or we are speaking what he's telling us to speak see I'm going to say it since y'all don't already like it all music has a source and there's only one world and two kingdoms. It's coming either out of the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. There's no other kingdom. You see? So if, if the music you're listening to is not kingdom of light music, where does it come from? The kingdom of darkness. Oh, no, it's the weekend. It's Jill Scott. Oh, that's inspirational. No, it's not. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, it is. It is inspirational. It's inspiring. It's breathing into you Satan's agenda. She's not magnifying Jesus. Well, it's just music. No such thing. Just a movie. One of my favorite movies of all time, probably my favorite movie of all time, Coming to America, came out about 31 years ago, and 32 years ago, I think now, actually. And uh, that movie came out 32 years ago. Now they got part two coming out here this year. And uh, man, oh, you got you to see that. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't have to see it. I'm still repenting for having seen it 32 years ago. <laughs> I 
I'm still trying to get out of my mind. Except when there are lines that apply. Like all last year I was saying, this is America, Jack. I messed up one day a few weeks ago and I clicked on the preview. I didn't realize previews are uncensored. Like, oh my God. Used to be previews, didn't they? They say words and all that kind of stuff. Now they say they say those words. Ooh, I'm messing with y'all now, boy. But I'm I'm gonna hit it because y'all don't some somebody don't like it. Not y'all, y'all love it. Somebody online. Because they're clicking back and forth between this and Empire. It's just TV, no such thing. No such thing. It's just TV. Am I talking to Christians in here? Am I talking to Christ like people in here who want to be? We used to sing a song back when I was growing up. I want to be more and more like Jesus. I want to be more and more like Him. I want to be more and more like Jesus. I want to be more and more like him. Well, to be like him, I can't let, keep letting the devil's inspiration creep into my heart. And my eye gate and my ear gate and my mouth gate control that. What I, you know, the, the psalmist said, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. Glory to God. I don't say nothing wicked before my eyes. No, for me, I don't want to watch any of your stuff. See? See, I, I'm guarding my heart. I want good treasure in there so I can good, get good treasure out. See, the, the word of God is not just suggestions to me. It's not recommendation. I, I don't want, you know, you know how you go on, going to Walmart, you go into to, to Best Buy, you go into Home Depot, and they have good and better and best. I don't want, I don't want just, you know, standard. I want the best. I want everything, everything God has. And to do that, I got I to gotta take everything God says and do exactly what he said. I want my life to be well-pleasing to him. I better get off that right there. Give me that same verse in the New Living Media. New Living, New Living, New Living, New Living. Glory to God. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. See what I'm saying? It determines the course of your life. And if you want your life to go on, a, on the right course, you got to guard what, what you let in there. Not only TV and not only movies and not only music, but don't let offense get in there. Don't let bitterness get in there. Don't let strife get in there. Don't let confusion get in there. Don't let pride enter in, in, in there. Glory to God. You know, you don't have to be offended. You take offense. The Bible says you take offense. Don't take it. People are going to, the Bible, the Bible says, says that uh, it, it is impossible. Jesus said it is impossible that offenses will not come. He said it is impossible that offenses will not come. So if you're going to have opportunity after opportunity every single day to get offended. Well, they offended me. Well, whoopie-doo. Welcome to the real world. 
And no, let me correct you, they didn't offend you, you took offense. I have a choice whether to be offended or not. You know how many things people have said to me? Members have said to me, and I got to go. Oh, I love you. God bless you. God bless you. I just. <clears throat> Glory to God. See? I gotta, we all got to grow in that, right? See, because what am I doing? I'm guarding my heart. I'm guarding my heart. I mean, at the height, <laughs> y'all don't like this. At the height of racial unrest, you don't go watching Mississippi burning. You don't, don't, don't go watch Roots, you know, and everything is, everything on phone. No, no. Go watch Sound of Music or something like that or just or whatever. Moses, watch Egypt. Come out of Egypt or something. Be mad. Did you just hit that slave like that? Get him, Moses, get him. Amen. Keep your heart with all diligence, vital fit, spring, the issues of life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm out of time, and I still got a long ways to go. But I just want to bring that back up. He says, with all diligence. See? We've been talking about diligence as if, okay, it's just about prosperity and just about how you get your business successful. No. It's how you live this life. There's nothing you can do in this life that won't require you to be diligent. I was planning, you know, I, I, had, I, I was uh, at a busy day today and um, spent all, all morning, uh, early afternoon studying. Then I take my son to a baseball game he had early this afternoon. And uh, so I was, I was dressed, you know, in what I had on this morning. I had some slacks and I got a, he had a little, you know, dressy shirt, but it's real casual. And uh, I was like, my wife, could I just throw a suit on top of that? Because I was just like, you know, I'm just going to put that on because I don't really feel like going through all that iron and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm, I'm just like, okay, this is good. And before I, I could do it, I said, no, I can't. I can't. I got to go back and iron a shirt, put on a tie, put a whole outfit together. But that's not important. It is to me. It is to me. See, and that's what I kept coming. I got to be diligent. See, if I start to slip, now I'm not, I'm not, y'all can, y'all can wear shorts and sneakers at all I care. I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm not, some of y'all. Appropriate shorts. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell people how to dress. I'm talking about me, me, me. I knew what I had to do. I could not do that. And I wanted to. I wanted to just, man, I had a nice casual shirt and just, you know, come on, pop my collar and everything and just, you know. But I, I couldn't. It, it might have felt right. I don't know. But diligence said no. This is the standard you set for yourself. This has got to stay right there. Mm -hmm. 
I got just got to stay the course. See? See? Even when it's inconvenient, when it's uncomfortable. I follow what I'm saying to you? Now, that's that just a, a little teensy-weensy example. But I'm talking about how in your life, there are things God has told you to do. See, I was telling him this morning, I, I found myself all, you know, this is why God had to, uh, if you allow this, jerk my chain. Because I had let some things slip. And I really just slid into 2021 and still carrying all this junky baggage from 2020. And I, and I wasn't able to really rejoice and celebrate and really fully embrace 2021 that God, the way God needed us to embrace 2021. See, and I said what, what, what had happened to me, I realized, man, I had, rather than my prayer life and my time in the word of God being what it's supposed to be, I start, my soul was seeking out all the junk information. Junk about COVID, junk about the election, junk about civil unrest, what's going on with these laws and who's in office here and who's in office there. It wasn't sin. Just big distractions to my walk with God. That, that weight was just simply piling on me. And I wasn't being diligent about what God tells us to do. See, my assignment, and if you're in ministry, this is your assignment. This is what Peter said, Acts 6, when he said, remember they came to them and said the Grecian widows were complaining, hey, nobody's sharing all the food with us. And they said, hey, we can't leave the, you know, God, the business of God, and tend to these tables. They said, find somebody who can do this. Pick out seven men full of the Holy Ghost, good reputation, and so forth, wisdom, so forth, good report, who can handle this business. And we will give ourselves continually to prayer and ministry of the word. See, that's the assignment for when you're in ministry is prayer and ministry of the word continually. See? And what happened was I found myself all engaged in all the soul candy, as my spiritual dad calls it, soul candy, just soul candy. It's tantalizing stuff. Just more information. I don't know how they saying that. Why they doing that? And even listen to other preachers who, not, not trying to get revelation on the, the word, just what are they saying about that? And then regurgitating that same thing, you know. God is say, get out of that. He, I mean, he jerked me up yesterday so bad. Get out of that. I'm already in 2021. I moved on. I'm past all that. See? So I, got, I said, okay, I got to go back to being diligent about, no, I'm just focused on the word and prayer. The word and prayer. The word and prayer. When you don't feel like it, the word and prayer. Now, if, that, if, that's, if that'll help those in ministry, what will it do for all of us who are called to the ministry of reconciliation? Prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. See? If we'll be diligent about that, that's how we protect our, our, our hearts. So we don't let all kind of foolishness come in. The devil wants to get us all in all kind of anger and strife and bitterness over your own family. With your own family. Think about it. All of a sudden we went through with COVID, you got in family squabbles. 
stuff you went through with, with the election and so forth, you got in family squabbles. Yes. Things we went through, all we got in family squabbles. Yes. Trying to divide churches, divide the America, divide our own families. Yes. See? That's, that stuff is all junk. No, it's more important for us to be about our father's business yes. and be diligent and be steadfast about getting his will done, getting all them sinners in there, out there, in here. Isn't that right? Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'll quit right there. I'll stop. I'm not going to quit. That's, I'm being diligent. I'm, just pa I'm pausing. I'm just pausing. We'll pick it up on Sunday morning. Amen? Y'all receive that tonight? Were you challenged? Yes. Anybody understand what I'm saying when it comes to television and movies and music? See, it's serious. It's serious. It's serious. These are tools the devil uses to usher in his agenda into our hearts. And it's tough to break. It's, it, it takes prayer and fasting. That's how really in our household how we broke it. Through a fast. Yeah, 2019, we went through a fast and since then, our TV really hadn't been on anymore. It's just all YouTube's watching preaching too. It's just a big old nightlight. We went and bought a brand new one since then. Brand new big old nightlight in our room. But it's just to turn on preaching and teaching and turn on scriptures all night. We got to do that. I'm not telling you what you, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you your heart. You must view your heart as central command the control center for your life. And wherever you want your life to go, it's going to come out of what you put in your heart. The psalmist said, your word I've hid in my heart that I, will not, that I may not sin against you. So if you find yourself involved in sin, find out, well, what, am I, what I keep putting in my heart? I keep stumbling? Well, what's in, what's in your heart? I, I didn't get to it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll deal with it on Sunday. Because the Bible said we're not, we're not supposed to even be stumbling. I'll deal with that Sunday, but that comes from diligence. People keep stumbling, we don't have to stumble. Well, I slipped up again. Just not diligent. Glory to God. Man, you know God is holding us up. He'll carry us and hold us. The Bible says, now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Jude, Jude chapter 1, verse 24 and 25 to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior. Be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. He can keep you. Tell your neighbor, he's a keeper. Glory to God. Give God a hand of praise if you receive the word of God tonight. Hallelujah. I'm staying in your will, Lord. I'll keep walking with you. I trust you all the way. I trust you. You know what's best. See, when, 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 when you hear words like tonight, like things that we said, some of that is the chastening of the Lord. The chastening of the Lord don't mean you got to whoop you, turn your, your backside red. It's corrective education. It's God saying, hey, no, this is the way walk in it. You keep stumbling over that. 
I'm going to send my man of God, let my, let my man of God tell you, hey, back off from, you know, like if you went to your doctor and you overweight and your blood pressure, how are you going to say, hey, back off from the salt? Y'all didn't say anything. Back off, back off from all the ribs, you know, back, back off from all the potatoes, back off from the sweets. So God sends me to tell you, back off from the television and back off from all the music and back off from all the movies. Back off from bad company. The Bible says evil company corrupts good manners. Some of us, it may just be hanging around the wrong people. It makes a big difference who you hang with. Amen? You fellowship with other believers. You, then you together. Now you, you, man, I'm trying to stop. Think about why when Jesus sent the disciples out, he sent them out two by two. That's your company right there. You keep each other encouraged, and you mess around and talk to somebody, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Hey. Accountability. Come on now. See? You don't keep company with them. You now try to you reach them and bring them into the family of God. You got it? Praise God. Praise God. This this, this is a free visit. This is a free visit tonight, amen, to the doctor's office. Praise God. Amen. Give God a praise again if you receive that word. Father, tonight I, I'm so thankful. God, I want, want to just, you know it better than me. You have a great bunch of people here tonight who are hungry, who are thirsty for you and for your for righteousness, for the things of God. And Lord, you said if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. So I thank you that, God, you, you are filling your people up. And God, you are making corrections in our lives and helping us to make adjustments and modifications, whatever is needed to keep us on the right track, the right path to walk in. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, as you are building us up tonight in the word of God, that we'll be diligent to obey. You said if we hearken diligently to your voice, if we diligently obey the voice of the Lord our God. You said eventually that you said that all these blessings will come on us and overtake us. And Father, it's our delight to please you, to walk in your word, walk in your will, and walk in your perfect path for our lives. We want to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Father, I pray that each person tonight Lord, as we, even as we have evaluated ourselves, many of us, and even others have evaluated us, and we may have seen ourselves low on the scale when it comes to diligence. Father, we're going to do just what you do and call things that be not as though they were. <laughs> we're going to declare we are diligent. We are diligent in this area and diligent in that area and diligent in, in over here and diligent over there and as, as a whole we are diligent people I'm a diligent person I'm a diligent pastor I'm a diligent father I'm a diligent husband diligent students diligent workers diligent in preaching and teaching the gospel diligent in evangelizing and winning souls. Diligent. Woo. Diligent in our seeking of wisdom. Diligent 
in our desiring spiritual gifts. Your word says, Father, we should covet earnestly, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. That means we're supposed to be diligent about going after spiritual gifts. And God, Lord, will admit that there are some things we just let slip, just kind of just let it pass away and without manifesting anything in the spirit, without having any kind of spiritual manifestation of the gifts. But God, we get back on that. We get back on that. We covet earnestly, especially to prophesy. We want your, we want your spirit to have your way in us, in us, so we yield ourselves to you. We purge ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. We cleanse ourselves so that we can be vessels unto honor and not unto dishonor. So that, God, you can use us anytime, any moment. We want to live consecrated lives so that anytime, any moment you want to use us, we're ready. We're ready. We're ready. God, I thank you that this is a diligent ministry. We have diligent leaders. Every member is diligent. And Father, we'll be the ones, and we are the ones that you can use in these last days to finish your plan that you're so diligent about. You can use us in this moment. We thank you for a new year. Thank you that we are made brand new. New minds, new thinking. New praise, new worship, new celebration, new tongues, new outlook. Thank you. Everything about us is made brand new. We love you tonight. We appreciate you. We magnify you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Put those hands together and give God one great hand of praise again. <laughs> Hallelujah.